Today I'm talking to Mandy and Rob who have two children who are both elite athletes. They share the high points and the challenges of both their kids representing Great Britain in the sport of sailing. We talk about how they manage the training, competitions, schoolwork, plus their own lives and careers too. I hope you enjoy it. Hi Mandy, hi Rob. Hello. Hi. So guys, tell us Tell us about your life now. Give us a quick summary of your life now, the beautiful place where you live. And then tell us about your life as a family and the, the sort of sporting career of your both your kids. Okay, we are um, Mandy and Rob, and we live in a lovely converted chapel, which we converted ourselves from 20 years ago in um, North Wales, in Abel and Heli, in, right on the Menai Straits. Um, I work part-time now. Uh, and Rob is just retired. I just retired from being a HR manager for a, a local company, German owned, and I was with them for 22 years. Congratulations. So, so tell, tell us about, um, about Toby and Hattie and their sporting career and, and what, what their achievements are and what you guys were doing at the time. Okay, so, um, well, there's a bit of a history, both Mandy and myself uh, are sailors. Um, we met through sailing. Um, so we were fairly competitive sailors um, when children came along. Um, and we bought uh, for Toby an old mirror dinghy to introduce him into sailing. Um, little bit did we know what was in front of us. Um, <laughs> and basically uh, with both our kids, um, they, they started to learn to sail at our local sailing club uh, in a single-handed one-person dinghy built for kids called an optimist which is eight foot long shaped like a bathtub um, and that's where they both started um, but they soon got the itch for sailing and we let that follow its course the optimist is a uk royal yachting association recognized class uh, which at the top end where they finished sailing that a maximum age of 15 they would then move into youth classes and if if progression from there, they would go on to even Olympic classes. But back in the optimist stage, where where Toby started and Hattie started, that was far from where wherever we you know could could ever imagine. Mm. Uh, so they both had a good grounding in optimists up to the age of fifteen, where they both sailed up to top UK national level. Right. So what does what does that mean? Top UK. Okay. So national, representing their country. Yes, that's right. Yes, the optimist um, basically has a has a, a following of about it's anywhere on a year between three and four hundred competitive sailors, um, and they all compete at regattas throughout the year for ranking. Uh, ranking gives you places within the class, and the top ninety or so ranked uh, sailors each year are invited to a three-day event um, to determine who would represent their country uh, at uh, a European or a world championship. And um, both of our kids got through that. Toby represented the Europeans and Hattie represented at the Worlds. Uh, wow. They were both members of squads, which were, if you like, tra training, uh, training regimes, both in Wales and the UK. Yeah. The squads were determined by Europe. They were determined by ranking. So the top 10 sailors would be in the British national squad. 
and then you would work down from that into three into an intermediate squad and a development squad so you had you had your ranking you had your your, your children fighting for a ranking place to get them into a british squad and then from there they would automatically get selected for selections and then fight for a space at the top end to represent the country does wow. that make sense it does and and i love the way that you're saying fighting for they had to fight for because it does sound really really competitive i mean that top end but when did it really start to get you know that real fighting for a place when did you get a sense of that they well for toby so toby is five years old from hattie um so the, to just to rewind one minute toby is now 26 and hattie is now 21. so when toby was coming up to his eighth birthday um, he was competing in local regional events and doing very well. Um, he'd bought by then his own boat. We'd part funded it. He'd saved lots of money. So he had his own optimist in a very old secondhand one, but it worked fine. Um, and then he did quite well in a couple of Welsh selections and was invited to join the Welsh national, national squad. squad. So he was nine at the time. So he wasn't in a British squad. He was invited to join the Welsh National Squad at the age of nine. He's brought his way to that point. At that stage, by ranking, he was probably somewhere six. somewhere around 50th or something in the yeah. UK. Yeah. Wow. And you've got to be in the top 20 to be in the UK squads. And then the following year, he got into the intermediate squad, which isn't the top squad for the British. It's not the bottom, it's the middle one. Hattie, on the other hand, following her brother, again, regional, uh, regional events, local club events, doing very well, also a girl, a little bit of an advantage, but she found herself straight into the intermediate squad at the age of nine. So with her straight in, she had an automatic place to go into the Welsh squad. So she, she went along into both squads at the same time, the same year as Toby at the same year, nine years of age. So she did things a year earlier. Why, we don't know. A girl fighting because she thought anything he can do, I can do better. Don't know. Oh, so you mean the advantage came from her own gutsiness? Gutsiness, being a girl, but gutsiness. She automatically got her place. Um, she might have got it being a girl anyway, but she actually got it because she was gutsy and got it. They always have to have a certain number of girls in, but she got that without being that girl down the line. She got in by her ability, by her ability. By position in the, in the class. Yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant. It sounds ever so expensive to me so far, even though you're saying secondhand optimists that, you know, were fine. But so listen, tell me, um, tell me, what were the challenges when you think of your whole, their whole career, your whole time as a family from the age of eight to when they stopped the sport? What were the real times that were really challenging? Because I'm going to just come in here and just say that actually we're related, Mandy, aren't we? We're cousins. Yay. And so I was with you. My husband and I were with you last summer and we spent ages talking about this. And that's why we said, oh, this would be such an interesting, such an interesting um, episode. And you were talking about some of the times that were really exciting and some of the times that were really hard. So mm. can you think of any of those now that you could share with us? I think to start with when they were very, very young. So um, with Toby at the age of 10, we realised quite quickly that being in North Wales and the majority of events, South Wales and the South of England, um, we couldn't afford the travel lodges um, to travel down, stay in the travel lodge, 
get up really early, get to the get to the venue. And we found that quite a challenge, but the kids really wanted to do it. And we'd always said to them, if you get offered for a, um, a squad place, if you want to take it up, that's fine. We'll support you because it, it does cost, um, but you can't, you can't turn it down. You can't change your mind midway through because you've just taken a place from somebody else. Yes. So as soon as they were committed, we were committed. So we actually um, just, we thought a lot and hard about it and managed to find ourselves um, a very good, reasonable um, motorhome. And that's how we managed it. So we would pile the kids in at the end of the school day down the south coast. We were there on site then, um, sorted the boats out because it's all very, very specialised. It's all very structured. The boats have to weigh the same. They have to measure the same. There is no cheating whatsoever. So with that in mind, you know, you, you have to be very, very prepared and planned to go for, to manage the whole weekend. Yeah, week, weekends, even training weekends for us, if they were for the, with the UK squad, were mostly down south. So if we take Weymouth, which is the, the, their favourite one, in the, in, in the camper van, that was a seven-hour drive. So it'd be a seven-hour drive on a Friday straight after school. And then we'd be there for, well, they'd be asleep by the time we got there on Friday night uh, in the back of the van. And then after sailing at five, six o'clock Sunday evening into the van, back home one o'clock in the morning, yeah. something like that. Um, so and, and long weekends. On, and homework on the way. But the beauty of having a motorhome is you could empty your fridge out at home, put it in the motorhome, and then they would live off that for the weekend. You, you didn't have to buy anything extra, because if you can yeah. imagine you know, buying extra food, it just wraps itself up. And there's nothing straight away for a child that's come off the water, cold, tired, hungry. You're just giving them what they need straight away. That, that was, yeah. Those are challenges. Challenges getting schoolwork done on time. Um, challenges of, you know, mum, I'm so tired, I can't go to school on Monday morning. And we're saying, well, actually, that's your choice. You, that's the commitment. You're going to school. So they were never off school on a Monday. Mm. Um, we felt quite hard as parents at times, but we, we weren't. That was their choice. So we made them carry it on for the next six months. And then they could... They, they had a they had to reselect be reselected for the next squad um that was up to them if they took if they chose to take it up or not challenges financially as well because sailing as most people think is a bit of an elitist sport um, mm. it is at the, at, you can do it at the basic end the sport for the masses you can buy a very cheap boat and go sailing um but if, if you're talking about being competitive then people with money will try and progress their children further so you have parents who will who will hire private coaches for their kids, which we didn't do. And then midwinter, instead of training in the UK, they'd ship their kids to Spain or Portugal or something. And our kids would go, oh, can I go on that training camp? No, no we can't be doing that because that's just <laughs> too ridiculously expensive for us. And we also had um, quite a few families, even from around here, that were members of three, four, five different clubs to, to, to get into the, same, into the training programme. And we've always said we're in one club and that's it. And if you're really determined, you will train on your own. And that's exactly what they did. Wow. Mm. wow. And of course, over the winter, it basically, the, win the winter is where, is where most of the training occurs. So basically nearly every weekend, three out of four weekends were training weekends over the winter. And then there was competitions over the summer. So your time disappears from home commitments, you know, 
we've all sailors have all got poor gardens <laughs> because we're not there to look after them um, and that time commitment is huge and you have to be organized and very very structured about what, what you're doing and where you're going but in saying that marie you have to make it we discussed last year you have to make it into um if you've got your own aspirations you're there to support your children um but you, you, it's a holistic approach so for us, it was a social life as well, because we made a massive amount of friends across across the UK as a whole and going into the continent as well. So, you know, you'd you'd be working with them on the water to support the children sailing because a lot of it was volunteering. Yeah. So I would be on the, um, the committee boat helping to start and finish the races. Uh, Rob would be on a Mark Layers boat. Um, so you would you'd help support the whole process by volunteering to do some of these roles because the, because the events can't happen without parents volunteering. So you, you oh, yeah, I mean, I get that. I've, I've got a previous life as a sports development officer and I really get how important those volunteers and often the pet they are the parents. So I really get that. Oh, I've got so many questions flying around in my head. Um, were the schools supportive? So I know you said they never missed a Monday, but were the, were the schools supportive of them? Generally speaking, yes, the schools, we, you know, we would tell the schools what's going on. Um, they, I mean, there's a little incident when Hattie first went into senior school. Now, she represented her primary school at, um, I said, what the is, uh, which is a Welsh, um, a Welsh body at swimming. Um, but when she went into high school, they, she asked, she said, I'll, I'll volunteer to, to be, to represent the school swimming. And the, the school said, you're not a member of the Earth. And she said, well, do I, or a swimming club? And she said, do I need to be? Yes, you do. And we don't know how well you can swim. So the following week, I'd gone along to parent teachers, you know, those sort of meetings to have about the, the welfare and how well your child is doing, to be told by the, the teacher, you know, to say, well, your daughter needs to have, do some extracurricular activities. We're quite concerned. She's got two or three friends and that's it. And <laughs> saying the same to all three of them, they need to, be, to, to break out a little bit more. Um, but then we didn't, you know, we realised that your daughter actually could swim really, really well because she'd just been swimming and we turned her down a place to swim for the ears because we didn't know. And we said, well, why don't you, didn't you have like a little CV from the primary school? Didn't you know? Don't you know about these children? And they said, no, but we do know she's, a, she's quite, she'll enjoy sailing. Now, there's a couple of very good sailing children in the school. Um, we, could, we could link them up. And, and I'm saying, well, what do you mean? Well, so-and-so and so-and-so. And we said, you know, we were, I felt really guilty about doing it, if you like. Um, but at the end of the day, I had to point out that Hattie was already in the GBR squad. Those children yeah. were in the original squad. Uh, but because she didn't shout out about what she could do and what she did, and she didn't want us to, they didn't know and they hadn't followed. And we just said, well, who's her brother? Oh, Toby Worsley, he's a very good sailor. Well, yes, this is his sister. She's just as good. In fact, she's even better. Oh. And, but you know, they so they were interested, but it was outside their curriculum, so they weren't yeah. as supportive, if you but, like, as but, they could be. But they were both recognised through the school through their achievements. They both had award, awards from the school for further achievements. Nice. Oh, when they nice. when they were told about them. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, yeah. I guess, because sailing's not a mainstream sport, it's understanding uh, what's physically going on. We could say, oh, Toby came you know, 10th in the UK national championship. And unless you understood the sport, you wouldn't know that he was competing against 300 kids yeah. and what kind of achievement that might have been, you know? Um, yeah. so, so that that's quite difficult for them because they don't really 
understand that kind of that yeah, kind of thing. Toby went to we went to a lot of international events with them as part of the British team. He went to a place called uh, Garda, which is the Easter regatta, um, with the little boat. So he was fourteen, I think, at the time. He was fourteen at the time. Um, Six hundred and fifty boats competing on this Lake Garda, and Toby was nineteenth out of six hundred and fifty boats. Wow! And and first Brits, first Brits. So you think? Yeah. So you think you know there's, but people wouldn't understand that nineteenth is not such a good figure when you realise how many boats there were and the fact Absolutely. that we were pushing them out in the water at six thirty in the morning one day in the dark at Easter. You're thinking, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And did you find that either of them ever? did start to suggest that they wanted to bail out of a squad halfway through a season. You know, you said that they, they had to commit. Did you find that commitment was solid the whole time? Um, there was there were occasional tears, I think, when they were like, didn't do so well and wanted the ranking place and, and thought they'd let themselves down and we don't want to do this anymore. And we just said, that's fine. At the end of the season, we'll, we'll you know, you can pull out. Um, they, they, they were fighting their way all the time. At Never. the... At the at that level, which is we're talk, still talking optimists, so up to age 14, 15, then what we found is they found a great bunch of mates. So they were both in the Welsh squad. So there were 15 Oppie sailors in the Welsh squad. They had 15 great mates. They were in a GBR squad. They had mates there. Overseas competitions. Guess what? Competing at that level, you're seeing the same faces time and time again. You're seeing, and they know them. Uh, they have more friends from, let's say, within Europe than they did within our local village. Yeah. He had uh, a great body of friends. The boys were a lot easier um, in the school and outside sailing. Uh, I don't know why. It was just his group, his year. Um, Hattie found it a lot harder. The, the southern the girls, fewer girls, a lot fewer girls in it. Um, but all the girls were South Coast, and she found that quite hard. She felt ostracised at times, but she just fought her way through. What was it like when, um, when I was going to ask you this question before, but now I'm listening to you, um, I'm going to guess the answer now, because it's when, when you found out that Hattie wanted to follow in Toby's footsteps, my original thoughts were your hearts must have sank. It's like, oh God, here we go again. But as you, you're, all of you have an interest in sailing, I'm wondering how it would have been if she hadn't have got into sailing. We did, we, I mean, she had an option. Um, she was a very good swimmer and she was very good at gym. Um, and the gym, they did want her to go further with gym. And I said, and I actually said no. And I said, you can do to a point, but I didn't want to see her like Olga Corbett. And Hattie is very, very flexible. Uh, and we could see that happening. So we said, you know, stick with swimming, um, but she chose sailing. She realised that she was quite good at it and she chose sailing and she got lots of, she's very, very small. And at the time of my mind, one memory of her, it's one of the, I think it was a, a regatta. She, you have a regatta fleet first before you go into the main fleet. So she was in the regatta fleet and Toby's fighting for a squad place in the main fleet. And it was a howling windy day. And I wasn't on the water because she was on the water and I wanted to be nearby to, to get her back in. And I remember they brought her back in and they said every, she kept going real guts. But every time she capsized with the boat and she was swimming around, her boots came off because her boots were too big because I couldn't get them small enough for her feet. And they were in, she was in a dry suit. So she was bone dry, 
because she's wearing a dry suit, but they had to go catching her boots for her because they kept flying away. And she loved it when she came in. It was freezing cold. It was like, um, it was a May, it was an early May, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. It was freezing cold, but she was quite happy because I've done this and I've done that and she was made up. And it was following Big Brother as well, don't forget. I mean, there's a five-year gap. There's quite, you know, he was very good at looking after her and she... And his she, friends were, weren't and, and his friends were. Uh, and and she she looked at him and said, oh, I, if he can do that, I can do that. So I egged her on as well. So that's why I think that she ended up, I think, getting places maybe a year quicker than Toby did at, at, the, at the child age. Yeah. Um, then we move into youth and it's a different game there because girls, uh, up until then, it's it's... Whilst they compete against each other, girls and boys had separate places. But they, it's, all, it's all in. But in the youth class, uh, which is they sail with, with a pair of people in the boat, um, it's girl side, boy side. And they don't really compete against each other. In, in international events, they're, they're separate, uh, completely separate uh, events. Um, so that was a very different sort of uh, scenario. It's fairly short because they're only sort of 15 to 18. Mm. Um, so it's a very, very short and very steep learning curve. So they come from the top of one class, way down, way down to the bottom of the next class. So it's a big learning curve again, big learning curve again. And, and you've that got, grit. again, that grit and fighting. Grit. And it is, and you've got a partner, you know, mm. so the average partner, the partnership time is 18 months. She did have one partner. That that closed that that came to that that fell apart because the other partner wasn't committed enough and being a year older as well it was harder. Um, but Hattie's crew, a um, girl called Pippa, they were together four years uh, and she lives Winchester. So you know to travel, Pippa would get on the train with some of her kit to come up here for Welsh squad training, or Hattie would get on the on the train down there um, to train with Pippa, and we'd have a boat at either end. So they had. It was a bit surreal, really. Um, Toby sailed with a lovely lad called Matt, and they had matching boats. So we had a boat up here in North Wales, which is Toby's, and they had a boat for Matt down in um, Southampton Way for Matt. Brilliant. So when they those two left the sailing, because they were that age, Hattie and Pippa went into it. Pippa's parents said, we found a boat, what do you think? Will it match Hattie's? It was Matt's boat. So we ended up two boats again that were matching yeah, yeah. which was it just made us all laugh and nobody realized it made us all laugh but that was the only way we could do it and afford to do it so it left us a little bit of space as parents not to travel all the time um, because we'd put her on the train she'd go off with her tiller extension and a bag full of ropes that she liked on the boat and her sailing kit and she'd get met the other end she'd have to fight her way to London with a kit and get met the other end and Pippa the same so that was a little bit of a yeah, reprieve yeah. for us, wasn't it, and for the garden? It was, it, yeah, it was a bit, yeah. Well, that leads me into asking you about your own aspirations. So, I get that you were into sailing, mm. but do you ever look back now? Because you're, you know, both your children are grown up, they're, they're uni and, and now in work and they're, they're leading their lives. Do you ever feel that you missed out on any aspirations of your own? Um, two things. We we would have liked to start a skiing a bit earlier. So and we couldn't afford to do that too early on. I would have liked to go maybe a bit more often, but you know, we've gone once a year and had a great time. Um no, not really. I think very, very proud. Um, at the end of the day, they've been committed. We've made an 
a numerous number of friends, haven't we? Toby now has just gone into law practice. He's doing a law contract, but he is a coach for the GBR squad. Um, so he, 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 he coaches them at, at, for the optimists, for the younger ones, for the Welsh and sometimes for the GBR. So he's, you know, a, a very good coach and does that at his spare weekends when he can. Um, and Hattie's sailing with the, um, with the university team and she has just finished being captain of the university team down at Bristol. So, um, no, I don't think so. There's little things we've missed out, I suppose, maybe going to see Sarah in New Zealand. Um, more often we've been the ones with Tobes, but not since because we couldn't afford it, time and money. But, but I, think, I think more than that, it's given us something because we've got a whole new, as well as our kids having a, a new circle of friends, we've got a whole circle of friends that we are still very friendly with. Um, I threw, in, in one of Toby's early regattas, I was asked if I'd like to go on the water. And in the end, I helped, I helped and I, 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 I'm called a marketer. I, I lay the course out for, for the, for the, at the event. Um, so it's going about in a motorboat and drop, dropping boys in the water in the right spots. Um, well, that progressed uh, in the end. Uh, I was a, a, a lucky enough to be a volunteer at the at London 2012 Games. So I was a mark player at the London 12, 2012 Games. So now without the kids doing what they did, I would never have got into that. So it does lead to other stuff, as well as a whole pile of other friends, yeah. Yeah, oh, how lovely. So what would be your message then to any parent or any carer or anybody out there who's got a child who's showing promise or, you know, looks like they might have a, a top level sporting career? What would be your message to them, having gone through it yourselves? Get involved. You know, if you get if you're involved yourself, then you've you, you've got better knowledge of how the process works. And when there's a, you know, when there's a bad result, you can help bring that person out of it. Um, but no, get involved because if you sit back, um, you're not going to enjoy yourself. You're going to, you, you're going to, you're going to think that it's a, a chore, it's a hassle. Um, it's not. It's not. It's, it's. You want the best for your child, don't you? But you want them to have fun. The one thing I would add to that is, I know sailing is a very time-involved sport, but anybody who competes in any sport does get involved in a big big way our kids never knew what street corners were and most kids who do that kind of stuff never know what street corners are so all the the fears about what's on the street corner don't exist but didn't exist for us as parents because our kids never got there weren't interested and it, it solved that worry as a parent if you like our worry is now <laughs> university and everything else that's our worry you know but can't do it now can we that's it doesn't have a job. End, right? Always something else to be thinking. What if? What if? Yeah. Um, well, guys, it's so lovely to talk to you. Now, you did say that you wouldn't mind if anybody wanted to make contact with you. That's um, fine. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll. You've offered me your your email, which I'll put in the show notes. Um, but do you want to just say your email now? It is. Um, use mine. You sure? Yeah. Use mine. It's Amanda Morsley. M-O-R-S-L-E-Y um, at sky.com. So Amanda.Morsley at sky.com. Great. And I'll stick that in the show notes as well. Well, it's been so fab to talk to you. Um, thanks so much. Right. Such an interesting story. And um, we'll see you soon. <laughs>